Oh, great shot. They're, they're a possession of two away for winning game one without Mike Conley. I was so happy for him, obviously, because he left because he, you know, birthed of a towel, but I was so disappointed for him at the same time because he had finally looked comfortable being a, a Utah Jazz member to me. So hopefully he can get back fast, enjoy his family, his, his newborn. But, you know, he's going to be a huge addition when he comes back in game three. Join the big show Thursday from 2 to 7 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! That's Kenny the Jet Smith. He was just on with us. And PK, to that point, the Jazz have a great shot with Conley coming back in the mix, presumably for Game 3. But bigger picture, he said throw everything out in the bubble. Without the travel, without the home crowds pumping players up and uh, swaying refs and whatever other magic they can work and all that energy, it's just a different deal in the bubble. You buying it? Remains to be seen. It potentially could be a different deal, but if we have a team that we anticipated winning it all, in my case, the Clippers, and I would have picked the Clippers no matter if all the games were wherever they were uh, and if it would have been regular. So you have all the games being in Orlando versus the regular scenario where I get four home, you get three home, and then we go from there, right? So you got those two different things. If the Clippers win it, then to me, well, it really didn't matter. They're the best but, team everywhere. You just put them on the court. Fans, yeah. no fans, home road, neutral. They're the best team. So I th- th- that's the way I see it. Now, that's just my opinion. But see, I think, right. I think given the results they had against the Lakers and the results of uh, just over time how the East has been compared to the West, and we'll never know, but if the season had continued on, what would Vegas odds makers have put the odds at uh, in mid to late April? Well, if the season had continued on, I think you would say, well, wait a second here. The Lakers would have had Avery Bradley, and suddenly yep. Avery Bradley is everything. Become, yeah, I can remember one year, my first year covering the uh, Utah basketball, Majerus had some guy that uh, was hurt, and he was way down. But he kept saying, man, we're missing this guy. His name was Conley. And I'm thinking, who, who is this guy? And like he put such premium on him. And it seems like we're doing that with Avery Bradley. You know, I saw what you call a gif of uh, LeBron ushering Avery Bradley into the bubble. And it was a dad dragging his little kid. And the kid's legs were barely touching the ground because the dad was dragging him across the street after they lost the game. I'm sure you can go find it. So suddenly the loss of Avery Bradley has become such a big deal. I mean, and no one would have picked, well, Avery Bradley, gosh, the Lakers can't win if they don't have Avery Bradley. They wouldn't have said that if it would have been the same situation because he wouldn't have opted out, right? And uh, Trevor Ariza wouldn't have opted out. They would continue to play. Now, who knows if they had played and which teams would have suffered injury between March and April. I mean, you just have no idea. The one thing that I can say is that I think that in my mind, whoever wins the title this year, it's not tainted, but it's not traditional. It's They never had to go and have to play those psychological games of, oh my gosh, we lost one at home, and now we got to go. Like The Lakers don't have to do that. Uh, and in the flip side, it doesn't give the – so sort of washes it out. But right now – 
it would have given so it was just use the Lakers and the Blazers as the uh, scenario. It wouldn't have given the Blazers a boost. Well, man, we already got a split. But at the same time, how do I know that the Blazers would have gotten in the playoffs? Were there too many games behind and not enough games for them to catch up? Uh, because they created this scenario thing for these guys here for to get them in. How would the would the Blazers have made the playoffs? I can't definitively say yes, they would have. I would I would guess. Well, when was Nurkic going to be a hundred percent healthy? I guess I I'd, don't know that. Yeah, I'd have to go back and. Did, I think that he only they only got him because they had the four months. I don't think he was going to be ready, but I, I'll check that. I don't know that for a hundred percent. But you know, it's without Nurkic, they just get so small so quick. You know, and that and that yeah, I mean, matters. The Whiteside had five block shots last night. Yeah, well, and I have been reading stuff that people think that the Lakers are going to have to toy with their lineup here because they're running a lineup out there that allows the Blazers to go big with both of those guys, and they need to get one of them off the court. So we'll see. I mean, that's the thing about a series. You know, you try something, and then you got time to counter it. Okay, that didn't work. Now let's try this. Um, because certainly playing those two guys together, that was a positive. It's not the same, but they're still playing the game, so that's all that matters in the final analysis is you had just as much chance as the other guy to win it, and the other guy won it, or you won it. Now, it's not the same as it has been, but I think there's been some form of taintedness no matter what. I mean, you got to look at the, the Raptors. Uh, you could say, well, man, they, they, they got so many injuries uh, on the Warriors last year, so that's sort of tainted it. So you can go down that road. Uh, you can go down uh, other times uh, where players have uh, gotten hurt. I mean, I think the uh, one of the Warriors titles, they got hurt. Uh, the the Cavs were down Irving and Love, and so that made it easier. And then, you know, you still hear Kenny the Jet, uh, his team, well, yeah, Jordan wasn't in the league then. If he would have been in the league, they would have gotten it. You know what I mean? So the reality is none of that matters. There, uh, there's only one team that wins the ship, and at that point they they won it, and they're celebrating. I mean, you didn't hear Kawhi and and Lowry and Gasol. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit tainy. You know, the Warriors were really decimated with injuries, so we really can't celebrate it like we would would if they had played at full strength. You know what I mean? I mean, and you watch on the square there, wherever it was, on the plaza in, in Toronto, and those look like it's thousands of people gathered to watch the games, uh, whether they were in Oakland or they were in the home arena in Toronto, but they couldn't get in the arena. And they're, people are going crazy, and they're celebrating, and it's a lot of fun. And so that's all, that's all that matters there, right? I mean, you can go back and forth a million times, and we can go back and forth a million times on this. But the reality is here, in, in, in several weeks, they're going to clown somebody who won the thing, and they're going to be considered the winners of the crazy 19-20 season. All bets are off. Potentially. Potentially. They can be off. If you don't win it, there's yeah. no excuses. Right. You had your chance. There was a neutral site. You were right there. You got seven games. Get it yeah. done. Right. That, 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 ultimately, that's what matters. You want, when you want, the, you want the competition to be the, the parameters of the competition to be fair. And I think they are. Everybody's going into it 
in the same rules. You know, you don't change the rules in the middle of it. They change the rules because of the circumstances before it all started. And and here it was. And the Jazz, they got dealt a bad break, uh, a couple of bad breaks. Maybe Bogdanovich could have played through it, but they chose to have the surgery then. I don't know if they could have and he would have, what a level of effectiveness it would have been. But they chose to go ahead knowing it ahead of time. And I don't know, Mike Conley, if he's planning for birth of a child and the some some people can do that and they thought well you know august and september will be just fine in july so we've got a big window here for my wife to give birth and i'm not going to miss anything but clearly he doesn't want to miss any games because it seems like he got back as soon as he possibly could right i i assume every i I haven't followed it but i assume uh mrs conley checked out okay and and he's back there in Orlando. It seemed like he got down he left and was gone basically for the minimum amount of time uh, that he could experience the birth, make sure everything's okay, take off, come down here uh, to Orlando, get ready to play and all that stuff, and now go through the deal. So it seems like he's wanting to get back as soon as possible, and you know, maybe he can make that difference, especially if they win today. Man, that's got to give them a huge boost, too. You know, we talk about, well, you didn't get the split on, you get the split on the road and you're coming home. Yeah, the split well, now we got, Conley. Yeah, now you, you got the split. That you it wasn't on the road, but you got the split without Mike and Mike coming back in Game Three. We've been led to believe if everything goes accordingly, and yeah, that's got to be a huge boost all of a sudden, man. So find a way to win this afternoon, and then you got one of your premier players coming back, and that would be really that would be awesome. The Conley split—it's a new thing, but it's real. Because <laughs> if you were the Nuggets and you're one-one and Conley was coming back, you think, well, we blew it. We should be 2-0. Yeah, exactly. A, so there is that psychological game. Right. This is the new world. It There's is. a psychological game with this. The birth of uh, Mike Conley's son has given the Jazz uh, a boost if they can find a way. And even really, when you think about it, if they play another close competitive game and the Jazz lose... Well, Conley comes back. That's got to give him a boost. Now, that it's a monumental task. You'd obviously have to win four out of five. But just having Mike come back should give the team a boost. And I think uh, Kenny the Jet clearly, from a distance, nailed it in terms of, hey, I feel bad for the guy in the team because he was starting to play well. He was finding his way. It's basically he had found his way at yeah. this point. It took an extended period, which surprised us to a good degree. But nevertheless, he was in a good spot to where his abilities were shining for- through. And that's going to give him a boost either way. To, it, it, I'm man. I really hope they can find a way to win today because then, man, we don't have Denver. Oh, we got to go to Salt Lake, and that's tough to play. No, we got to come back to this same gym. But they got Mike Conley now, and they already beat us once. <laughs> this is a, this is a new world, man, and that that would be fun if that were to happen. Well, the games have been so close, I would expect the series to be close, but the Nuggets have found a way to win all the close games. Right, so and even so with Mike Conley thing, back, right. who's to say that the Jazz are going to win it either way? Yeah. But that's the that's the new form of intrigue. We don't have the home-and-away stuff, a team coming home with a 1-1 split, and Game 3 is downtown Salt Lake City at uh, Vivint, and everybody's just the anticipation of everybody walking in the arena I mean, you can't see anticipation, but you can sort of feel it. And we felt it 
the last few years because the Jazz had done that. They'd gotten uh, roads uh, wins on the road early, and then come back, and everybody's so fired up. Well, now we won't have that, but everybody will be, at least those who are interested, uh, will be fired up if they find a way to split here in the first two, and then you have an 18-point game guy coming back. That that'll That'll add... A, a, a level of intrigue. Either way, it will, but obviously it would add more if the Jazz find a way. I'm even going to go, hey, since it's the old melding and blending with the new, I, if the Jazz find a way to steal one today, that gives you some <laughs> anticipation. You're taunting yourself now. You don't even like that, and you're doing it. <laughs> I know, but we're blending old and new yes, together. No, I, I got it. I, I, I see what you're doing there. So hopefully they could steal one, right? Yes, because then it's a best of five. It's a best of five Mike Conley series at that point. <laughs> and he'd give him a new sense of uh, confidence and energy and an injection. So, so it's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm willing to roll with it. And I, I, that's why I say I can't – I don't think whoever wins the whole thing, it's tainted. It's just different. But it's different under the circumstances. And, you know, I'm grateful to have – the basketball back. I wish they didn't have politics in it either. I know some people feel it. We had a question yesterday at the end of the show. Hey, because uh, I had mentioned about my neighbors. I got a couple of yes, them. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I, uh, one of the neighbors said, hey, I heard you talked about us on the on the radio. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the other neighbor, he said that he must have been referring to us about not being into it because mm-hmm. of the politics. I said, well, yeah, that was great. I mean that was that was not great, but that yeah that was accurate. That the other neighbor explained to neighbor neighbor A explained to neighbor B, and I was with neighbor B yesterday, and uh, we played a little men's league together, uh, golf nine holes, and uh, he he said he did not know that Mitchell scored fifty seven. Now this is a so still sports out then. Fan. yeah so still yeah so still so out was, and it was a you know it was the it was the day after. It was almost, well, it was. It was the start time anyway. It was 24 hours to the, uh, so certainly it was a day later. So nobody had told him even. No, he said he didn't follow it. Well, I know you don't follow it. I get that he didn't watch the game, but still, you know, like neighbor A, B, or C could have told him. Nope, he didn't. And it turned out it was you. Yeah, 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 on the first tee because he brought it up. And I said, yeah, well, Mitchell was, man, Mitchell's at 57. And he claimed that he had no idea. I'm you, I don't believe he lied to me. He claimed he did not know. So there are folks out there who are totally turned off and literally turned off and tuned out. They're still tweeting at us today because uh, the question of the morning here is, uh, what do you think of Mitchell now? And salt and pepper tweets at us. Who? Three question marks. That's not salt and pepper? Uh, no, it's ER. Oh. At Miller Lite, Steve. It would have been awesome if it would have been salt and pepper. Uh, <laughs> Nate tweets at us. This is awesome. Uh, what do you think of Mitchell now? I'd sell my right kidney to give him his payday right now. Also, can all Jazz fans please stop the narrative finding good in a playoff loss? I don't pay $13 for a damn hot dog at Vivint for any silver linings. I want a championship! Two exclamation points. <laughs> Nate, feisty in the morning. Bring it, Nate. Well, see, that is the true fandom. If your fandom is determined exclusively by the final score, my fandom is not. 
determined by the final score. My t- my fandom is determined by the level of play and competition during the 48 minutes, the 27 outs, the four quarters of football. You know, what do I have there? The 18 holes of golf, whatever it might be, the 72 holes of golf. That's how my fandom is determined whether I enjoyed it or not. Not the outcome, because the outcome, there's just every game, every match, every competition has an outcome. So I'm not one who gets caught up in the outcome. I get caught up in the actual level, and that was brilliant. Mitchell was brilliant. What's today, Wednesday, on Monday? And so that was that was a stunner for me. That was a wow. That was when that thing was done, you know, overtime sucked a little bit, but the actual competition, it was like, I, that was a wow yeah. moment for me to where I thought, you know, I am glad. Now, I'm fortunate enough that, and we're fortunate enough that we get paid to do this. Yep, but I was but glad I, I was watching that game. <laughs> I would have been glad to have watched it without the financial uh, situation to it. You know what I mean? Uh, we have to. We clear our calendars. It's a, It's literally a an absolute requirement of the job. It's a great requirement, but believe you me, it's not really a job because I would do it anyway. But that was something that was scintillating. Now, I get it, though. If you're just determined by the outcome, and I guess maybe that's the true fan, and I, I understand where you're coming from. But for me, man, I saw so much promise in that performance of that young fellow, 23-year-old. And Kenny DeJet, maybe that's the way we should look at it. He's a fourth-year player now. Yeah, we've heard that. he had a relative yeah. time off that would be close to the same if it was a normal season, right? That is clearly a thought that is, yes, but I think it was more powerful. Because in a normal offseason, the coaches know that they got to back off and give guys a little bit of an offseason. And yes, they also give them a plan, so it's not like they... But it's a combination of both. And the coaches have to go and coach summer league, so they got other stuff to do, and they got to help in draft preparation, right? But this was a similar time period... Uh, you know, four months, depending on how long your offseason is, you know, depends on how long you're in the playoffs. It's a, yeah. obviously two months of wiggle room there, depending on how good your team is, if you even make it and if you go to the championship. Uh, but I think this was really different in that it was more kind of in-season communication. You know, they're still doing their Zoom meetings and they're still talking to their individual coaches. And, you know, Joe Ingles made it clear, well, some guys have access to, you know, a, a rim and a backboard and some don't. Um, I personally think more guys did than we know because I think guys have a way of getting, you know, keys to a gym. You know, high school, junior high, fitness center, private gym. Church building In here. Utah, church building. You know, the, it's one way or another, these guys have a chance. You know, One it, way or another. another. <laughs> I'm going to get your gym. I'm going to get your gym. That's too many. Too many syllables. Uh, so I, I think maybe it could have been even more intense than an off season for some of these guys. I can buy all that. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we've got a lot of responses coming in, and some of them are classic. What do you think of Mitchell now? You saw that 57-point game one. You're getting ready for game two today at 2 o'clock. You're mulling it over. What do you think? Uh, Some people changing, some people not. We will get to their responses. Some people bringing their cliched humor to the table. Clearly they have a new bit, and they're going to keep working it because they were working it yesterday, and they're working it today. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. 
Wow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. For the first time in 17 years, both of the eight seeds win the playoff opener, beating both of the one seeds. The Portland Trailblazers beat the Los Angeles Lakers 193. Damian Lillard, 34 points. The Orlando Magic shocked the Milwaukee Bucks 122 to 110. Nikola Vucevic, 35 points, 14 rebounds. Also, the Heat over the Pacers, 113 101, 28 points from Jimmy Butler. And the Rockets beat the Thunder 123 to 108. James Harden with 37 points. Westbrook sitting out, but the Rockets in control the whole way. Another quadruple header today, Nets and Raptors at 11.30. The Jazz play at 2 o'clock on TNT and AT&T Sportsnet. You can listen to the game right here on The Zone with the pregame show starting at 1. Sixers and Celtics at 4.30. Gordon Hayward is going to be out for four weeks with a sprained ankle. Mavericks and Clippers cap it off tonight at 7 o'clock. This back-to-basketball update is presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. You know I was babysat until 8th grade. Dolores Arnold used to babysit me every day after school. And Dolores? Her husband. Yeah. Look, he got like 220-pound 8th grade hands. Would Can we not focus on that? You're like, hey, Dolores. Hi, Hans. I think it's funny the thought of a 8th grade Hans Olsen probably pushing two bills. He's <laughs> sitting in and being babysat. You guys let me know when you're done so I can finish my story. Tell us more about Dolores. Anyways, her husband, Don, liked MASH. Sitting next to Don on the couch watching MASH. Hey, (laughs) Don, can I borrow your shaver? (laughs) Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. All right, question of the morning. What do you think of Donovan Mitchell now? You thought whatever you thought, and then game one comes along, and he goes for 57 points. And uh, what do I think? I got people tweeting at us here, PK. Hakeem3434 at Hakeem3434. Of course, he wore the number 34. Uh, Most points scored in a playoff game in NBA history. One, Michael Jordan, 63. Two, Elgin Baylor, 61. Three, Donovan Mitchell, 57. What do you think, I think? (laughs) I like it. Now, I, I do have to say on that list, he got OT, and there's a bunch of people on that list. There's three people at 56 and five at 55, and they did it in regulation, and Donovan had 51 in regulation. So, you know, you can drive yourself nuts with the numbers. The point is 51 in a playoff game or 57 with the OT. Either way, that is rarefied air. Most of the players on this list are not active. <laughs> there just aren't that many guys running around who've done that in an NBA game. Right. Right, absolutely. And, how, and were they 23 when they did it? Right. Well, yeah, Jordan was. <laughs> okay, okay, that's a good list Jordan. to be on. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, he's Jordan, obviously. Yeah. I, th- 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 to me, this young fella has upped the game. He's upped it 
Not just and, one notch. And here's he's the thing: it up multiple. Right. It's not that he's upped it so he might do this occasionally. It's not the number. It's the ability to dominate the opposition when it really matters. You know, if, if Conley's there shooting, he didn't need to take as many shots, especially early in the game. Right. He really felt like he had to make it happen in the second quarter. The lead had got out to eight or ten or whatever. It's like, ooh, wait, we can't get down fifteen or twenty. We got to stay in touch here a little bit. And maybe it would have been. You know, in a different situation, Bogdanovich or Conley, who hit a shot, or they each hit one or whatever, and he had to do it. But the fact that with the game on the line with six minutes to go, you can start scoring on every possession, that, that's not going away. The fact that he knows he can do that now, I think that takes him to another level. The Jazz and their history, at least since I've been here, I don't go back before 1993, uh, uh, they've never had a player who could do this. Because <sighs> he can guy. go get his own and Malone had to be given the ball? Well, I'm... I'm going to the other guy who had a 50-point game because I don't go back to AD either. But to me, off the stories I've been told, there's only three guys in the history of the franchise who can score any, anywhere remotely close to like this. And obviously, he's got the 57 and nobody else does, so the other guys didn't do 57. It's just a fact. Their careers are done. But to me, there's only been three guys who could come down the court and everybody go, that guy's going to shoot, and I don't think we can stop him. Okay, who do you want on a free throw line with two seconds to go? I, uh, you know, I didn't see enough of Danley to know that, but I know what you're getting at with Malone and, yeah. you know, Mitchell. I mean, we know, we know how those stories ended, and we don't know how this one's going to end. So anytime you give me any choice with any um, uh, qualifiers that you want – you're going to get the same answer. You're going to get Mitchell because I've seen the other two careers and they're done. So it's going to be Mitchell. You know, it, it really, for anyone, I guess the bigger question here is that we've all wondered really since he started blowing up is what is his ceiling? And, you know, we can all guess. We don't really know. But I think everybody just raised his ceiling again based on Monday. And we still don't really know. You know, we don't know what he's going to do at 27, 29, 31. But... Whatever we thought, we're now considering uh, he might be better than that. Unless, I guess, you think he's going to win, you know, I don't know, multiple championships, you know, at which point that's really, you know, that's the top shelf anyway. But if you didn't have him on that top shelf, you're probably recalibrating to go to the word of the day. Well, I don't think that it's up to Mitchell to win. Because he's got to have the team around him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got the ability, he's already answered that question. I mean, this has been sensational. I know. (laughs) This is is just greatness right before our eyes. It it absolutely is. And so give him the talent, and yes, he can win it. Hey, yeah, that was off-the-charge greatness. And it's still, to me, the biggest chunk that matters the most is the last six and a half of the fourth quarter because he had two points after the first quarter. He got hot in the second quarter. You know, he had a three. He threw down a dunk, and after those two possessions, he was feeling it, and he knew he was feeling it. But that's still, it's the middle of the game, and guys get hot, and stuff comes and goes. He had 35 points in the middle of the fourth quarter, and he had 51 going overtime. 16 points in six and a half minutes. And I get on some of these lists, you know, some of these guys, obviously the old-timers didn't get to shoot the three. Okay, so set that aside. But we've still got 35 years of three-pointers in the NBA. So we got a lot of great players playing the last 35 yeah, years. I'm not worried about whatever list you're talking right. about. I'm just going what I saw in my eyes. And what you saw in your eyes, especially in the last six and a half minutes. Was absolute brilliance. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. This is a playoff game, too. I know. Let's not, let's not forget this is a playoff game. I don't care that it's in Orlando. The players don't care that it's in Orlando. That's the clear. coaches don't care that it's in Orlando. This is an NBA playoff game. Those matter more than regular season. They just do. And he did it this year. It, it, to go with Kenny the Jet, and we had him on this morning, and, and he pushed that. This is the fourth year for Donovan Mitchell. So this is a, it's a different situation than third year. So if this is the start of his fourth year, yeah, let's not have the fourth year end anytime soon, man. And I know it's going yeah. to, and we're going to have a delay before it kicks back up again, whenever that might be. But I don't know that I've been this excited about a jazz player since I've been here. Because by the time I moved here, the statues had already established themselves as great. They were great. They were. I can argue, at least in the terms of John, that he was on the other side of his greatness. He was on the downside of his greatness. because I, And I go back to that 88 series where I was living in Los Angeles and was there and came away. That blew me away. That 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 man playing in that 1988 series against the Lakers that blew me away because he was awesome. He was absolutely awesome, and I have the same feeling now about Mitchell as I did about Stockton in '88. And when you get in a playoff series and you're working in the business and you get to go to the games and see it and really hunker down for those two weeks, I came away thinking this kid. Where I really got to see John in 1988, I thought, wow, this is just incredible. That's the same thing I have about Mitchell right now. So where is this going? Uh, let's. Uh, so here's some of the responses. You re- <laughs> you ready? This is uh, yeah. Uh, well, Gabe. Gabe says, I think the same thing I thought before. Dot dot dot. Just awesome. Dot dot dot. Yeah, I think it's more. More awesomeness. Yes, it is more it's awesome. Awesomer. I uh, think it is. Jeff says he's great. Love him. Hope he stays, but he won't. Bring in the bulldozers. I think that's Jeff's go-to line now. I think we're just going to have to get bring in the bulldozers from him for a while now. Bring in the bulldozers. <laughs> yeah, just blow up the franchise. No, I'm going to bring in the gardeners to add around. Oh. I've already got the beauty in the middle. Now I'm just ah. going to extend it. So bring in the gardeners. Couple to rose add bushes, more flowers. O- couple rose bushes over here. Yeah. Another tree over there. Yeah. They've got this young man for a number of years here. Greg says, I think he needs the ball in his hands a lot, which explains why Conley is not the best fit. Need to surround him with some freaky athletic wings and another sniper. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where this went in the long run, Greg. I, I think you're onto something there. You know, contracts are what they are, and guys are locked up in the short run, but in the longer run, and, and I don't even think it's that longer run. I, I think there'll be, uh, you know, I think there'll be some flexibility. Granted, you know, his contract will eat up some of that flexibility, and so will Gobert's, but I think with roster spots and all that in another year. So when I say long run, I mean a year. Well, Conley is not the best fit. Okay, fine. Yeah. He's not the best fit. But he was but, what was available then. Right. And he's over 30, so, you know, where is this going? You know, and, and I think clearly with what we saw in that game, uh, you know, 
Gobert and Mitchell are getting paid. So that's where some of this cap room is going. And then you got to see what's going to happen to the cap because we're in crazy economic times. You know, so that'll be, but there, there are going to be a lot of players shifting and available. And the thing is, you just can't pay all the top guys. You got to find some guys on their way up when they're still in the bargain stage salary wise. You know, and to a degree, that's what they did with Bogdanovich. Um, to a degree, they benefited a lot of teams didn't have cap room for him. It wasn't that big a surprise. But, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, how do you yeah. develop these young guys and find somebody? Um, now I'm blank on the name of a guy in Oklahoma City. Who's the Oklahoma City undrafted guy? He's Luce, got the, uh, Lou Dort. Lou, yes, thank you. Lou Dort, ASU guy, right? Um, you know, where, where do you find your Lou Dort? you got to find rotation guys who you don't pay a lot of money. You know, and, and they can come in and, and be uh, freaky athletic wings and snipers. And interesting that Dort did not play yesterday, and they got smoked. And I had somebody, and I can't say who, bring up that very, very name. Really? Yes, that you just said that was available that they wished they had. Somebody's saying, man, we got these second-round picks, but Oklahoma City got a starter. Uh, And made a a difference maker what the the skill set that he had. So it's interesting that you bring that name up because well, the name was brought I, up to me. I watched Western basketball more than I watch Eastern. When you're pleading ignorance on Milwaukee, I get it because I don't watch as much either. Uh, but the the top half of the Western Conference, I try to pay a lot of attention to that, and he's helped them. I mean, there's you know, and the thing is, I, I hesitate to say anything. Locke probably would. We should probably get Locke on and ask him about this. Locke would probably dope out the guy's strengths and weaknesses more than me and project him three to five years out. And I'm, I'm not going to do that with you because I'd be throwing stuff against the wall. Uh, but it's clear he helps him when he's on the court. And it's also clear that he turned 21 while everybody was uh, sitting at home waiting out, trying to figure out how to do the bubble and how to restart. He's got an April birthday. So uh, he, was, he was 20 when everything shut down, and he was 21 when everything restarted. So there ought to still be upside, you know? Oh, for sure. He's 6'5". Yeah. He's got some size. Uh, in my mind, for, and it's arbitrary, so you can make fun of me, PK. I know when I do this, I just set myself up. I'll do it anyway. Who cares? But to me, you know, this is a league where you need to be 6'6 and taller. Right. Well, he's six five and he's good, so don't get caught up on that. But I do think, you know, it's it's part of why Mitchell is so extraordinary. When you're in that six foot to six three range, you're way shorter than the rest of the league. You are, you know, if if high school basketball, uh, you know, if if most kids are six footers, uh, imagine trying to be the five nine kid, right? Well, now where most of the NBA is six six, imagine being in that six foot to six three range. You're giving up a lot. And to still go out and dominate for Mitchell, mind-blowing. But for Dort, you know, 6'5 guy, uh, he's, he's right about that size. And so it'll be yeah, interesting to see. the point being, you've got to find those types of players and My bring them gosh, in. And they did yeah. with O'Neal, and they've got to continue to do it. There's one thing I wanted to say with Conley is that, you know, we say he wasn't a good fit. Well, the reality is Conley was not brought in for the regular season. Conley was bought in for the postseason. Yeah. And so whatever he did and didn't do in, in the craziness of the season, well, he had. And I guess he still has an opportunity to put that all behind him because if he can get back and really shine and they find a way to win this and it's not like it's they're just overwhelmingly uh, underdogs, then that's what he'll be judged on because I don't really believe he was brought in 
for the regular season because if the regular season was what it was about, I think they would have hastened his development more so. But they knew they had time, yeah. and it was about the postseason. So before we make any judgments on Conley, let's see him <laughs> in the postseason. Yeah, and you just if you haven't done it already, people, go look at his stats starting February 1st. He was a different player after February 1st than he was before February 1st. And you know, you can say that's a long time from mid-October to February 1st to get going. Well, for a month he was hurt. You know, so for a month, nothing happened. So if if I told you the day he came in, hey, he's going to struggle till January one, and then he's going to be money. He's going to be the old Mike Conley. But until January one, he's got to figure it out because he's not going to have the ball in his hands. It's not his show anymore, like it was in Memphis. It's Donovan's. But you know, to the to the uh, and now we just I refreshed Twitter, so I lost the guy's name. Um, but to the uh, the listener who just said. You know, freaky athletic wings and snipers. Who's to say Conley can't be the sniper? You think he can't shoot over 40% from three in a, in his playoff series? I think he could. I can't guarantee you he will. Guys get hot and they get cold and whatever. But uh, he could. And, I, and it's just his stats night and day starting February 1st. It's like a new player. Whatever the issues were, he figured them out. You know, the play was not as good before. It was much better after. And I don't, I don't think he's going back either. I think he, you know, he will be who he's been since February 1st. All right, DJ and PK, we've got a lot, a lot more people tweeting at us. Uh, we will get to that coming up. Uh, the question of the morning, what do you think of Donovan Mitchell now after that 57-point game? Does it change the expectations with Game 2 coming up at 2 o'clock today? Uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, you going to drop some more? Uh, you want to drop another Biden in the next segment there, Yach, for the sure. people who missed him? Uh, TNT's uh, Kenny Smith came on talking about his virtual camps that are available online, the Jet Academy. Uh, but he also had takes on Donovan Mitchell, on the Jazz and the Nuggets, on the Clippers, on the playoffs, and uh, we'll get you one of those next. Stay with us. I think that because of the bubble scenario, all bets are off. I really believe that. I, I Even the Clippers beat Dallas, and I'm like, that's the reason I could see Dallas winning. Like, I could really see them winning that series. Because you don't have to go to Staples Center to win game two. You're the same bubble. The anxieties that you have are no longer exist. So every team has that opportunity now to have players, not the great players, like the, the, the good players, that sometimes get bothered by the anxieties of being on the road. That doesn't exist now. We're brought to you in part by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and right now Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Mention DJ and PK when they when you call, you get a fourth room clean for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning at 801-288-9376. PK, I think Kenny Jett's uh, point there, the young players haven't been in a lot of playoff series, the role guys, those are the ones who I think you see their numbers really move home and away. And that doesn't happen right now. So without those momentum swings built into a, se- into a series, what does happen? Does it just come down to, you know, the adjustments make it move? Or is it just some make or miss league? And you're going to create the open shots. And then as a fan, you just got to hope your team hits them once they're open. Oh, I think it's a combination. I think it's an excellent question. Uh, and I've always been simplistic on the game of basketball. But I think it's more than that in this it, situation, yeah. a playoff it situation. It, it is that, but it is more than that. I think all the X's and O's stuff that you like to avoid, run away from, ignore, dismiss, they're there. That's what creates the open shots. But once you have the open shot, you can still clank it. <laughs> and if you do, then everything else you did right doesn't matter anymore. 
Well, that's on the offensive end, but yeah, there's stuff on the defensive end that are adjustments and strategies, and ultimately you've got to put the ball yep. in the basket to win. I mean, it's very simple. You've got to put the ball in the basket to win. You've got to stop the other guy from putting the ball in the basket to win. And so, you know, what do the Jazz do with Jamal Murray? Do we see any different form of strategies here going forward? Because I think that when you have a player like the Jamal Murray's uh, capability to get hot, not only does he produce for your team, but I really believe he gives the other guys confidence. So now if I'm a role player here – and I've got an open shot. Well, we know we've got an 8- to 10-point lead, so it's not like that's much of a pressure shot. So it's like the hitting is contagious in baseball. You know, guys start getting it, and then other guys feed off of that. And so you know, you don't want Murray to go off onto himself for that, but you, I, I think it buoys up lesser players thinking, oh, man, I got an open shot because I, the guys are focusing on so much on him and we got a little bit of a lead. It's not a big-time shot. Royce O'Neal took a big-time shot, and he didn't make it, right? And I don't know that earlier in the game when the Nuggets were getting their rhythm on the three-point stuff, if uh, the other guys, the lesser guys, would have been able to do that if they knew Jamal Murray wasn't hot. Jamal Murray had it going on, and the reality is if they shoot 50% from three, you're going to win the ball game. So defensively, you can make adjustments that uh, are beyond just uh, make or miss, and that's what Quint Snyder and his guys, I have full confidence in them being able to do that type of stuff here. There's so much that they could draw from this, and just listening to the guys afterward and then the next day, which would be yesterday, I felt like I they had a level of confidence going into this game. They didn't think like, oh, man, this is this is the one shot because there is no more one shot anymore. They don't have to win one game in Denver to win the series. And in a sense, that's good and bad because that's the traditional and you got to do it. Well, it's not here now. So, no, you're going as many shots as you have to play Denver, that's as many shots as you have to win the game. Yeah. That works this flip side, too. They don't have to win any in Salt Lake. So that stuff flushes out. And I sort of like that in a sense. I want to I reserve judgment until we get all the way through the playoffs. We've only just played one game yeah. here. And so I, you know, I want to see if this is too fluky or, no, this is really competition as pure its form. So I, I'm going to withhold judgment on that. But there isn't that pressure of, man, we let slip our best chance to win in Denver, and we know to win the series we have to win in Denver. That's out the window. And right now, if you're a Jazz fan, from the Jazz perspective, that's great news. All right, DJ and PK, coming up next, we're going to talk with uh, Aaron Falk, utahjazz.com writer, in the bubble. We'll get his take on it. More from Kenny the Jet coming up. Yak is picking uh, a, good, a good bite here, a good clip there, and we're sprinkling through the rest of the show. So stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.